Welcome to the Self Storage University Podcast, where you will learn the correct way to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, renegotiate, finance, turn around, and operate self storage facilities. And now, here is your host, a partner in one of the largest real estate portfolios in the U.S. with nearly $1 billion of holdings, Frank Rolfe. Webster's Dictionary defines survey as to examine and record the area and features of an area of land so as to construct a map, plan, or description. This is Frank Rolfe, the Self Storage University podcast. We're going to talk about surveys with self-storage facilities. Now, the most basic survey you can have is called a boundary survey. And a boundary simply is that. It shows you the exterior extremity, the footprint of the land, but nothing more. It gives you meets and bounds and a legal description that corresponds to a map so that when you buy the self-storage facility, you're buying the meets and bounds of that boundary. And to many lenders, that meets the bill. That that gives them what they wanted. That way you know when you're buying that land exactly what piece of land you're buying. But the problem you have with the boundary survey is, do we really know that everything I need is within that boundary? Now, some properties are very easy to get a handle on. You can look at the property and you can say, okay, it's kind of rectangular and here's a corner and there's a big pin with a red fluorescent little dot on it and Here's the next corner, and you can look down that. You see it's got straight lines, and you can look down the straight line and say, okay, it looks like all of the buildings are within those lines, and the roads are within the lines, and so, okay, it looks kind of good. But not all boundaries are as simple as that. They're not all rectangular. They're not square. Many have issues other than just straight linear features. Some literally look like an amoeba. Every bit of it is kind of rounded and angular, and you can't just stand there and look down it. And also, many times, you can't even go out and find those property corners and pins because they're in areas that are difficult for you to access or you don't want to go out there, like way out in chest-high weeds or with some kind of water feature. So unless you can for sure see those points of that boundary and are 100% convinced the property is within that boundary, you could potentially have a problem. I once bought a property and everything seemed good about it. I used a boundary survey that had been around for a long time, and the property had existing debt with a big bank. So I never questioned the boundary survey must contain everything on the property. And then years later, when I went to refinance it, I found out that about a third of the property wasn't within the boundary. Apparently, the last bank had never bothered to check it. And I had used a, a, you know, an assumption, and we all know assume means to make an ass of you and me. So I had rolled with that same boundary survey. No one had ever questioned it. But it turned out that when mom and pop built the property, they didn't build it on their land. They built it on part of their land and then part of a neighbor's land. Now, the happy ending was I got a local attorney who went to that person. It was a farmer and said, hey, we got a problem here because uh, our, our developed property uh, kind of is over your property line and convinced them that we would argue if push came to shove that we had adverse possession because they had never notified us that we had egregiously gone over the property line and that we would therefore prevail in court. And until then, we'd have everything all tied up in court so they could not sell their property either. And so they went ahead and signed an agreement, thereby deeding over to us the missing piece of property. 
But it was a terrible wake-up call to me because I'd always assumed that a survey wasn't that dangerous. So maybe sometimes a better idea than a boundary survey is to show a boundary with improvements. This would show you such things as where the buildings are located and the roads are located and, and, the, and the easements and the driveways into the property. Show you that the fence is, in fact, on your property and not on the neighbor's property. So a boundary with improvements is probably what you need to shoot for when you're buying that storage facility to make sure that you are getting what you think that you're buying. But here's the bigger deal. Normally, you don't get to choose what the survey looks like. That is chosen by your lender. The lender will say, okay, I need a survey of this property, and then it will tell you other applicable things. It may be improvements, but it may go a step beyond that. Now, if you go and get a, a step beyond that, you're getting what's called an Alta survey. And what that can often represent is things as much as where the, uh, the utility lines are, even how deep in the ground they are. Now, that's a very, very expensive kind of survey to make, and rarely does a lender require it. But if the lender said you needed to do it or you couldn't get the loan, you would have no choice. You would just have to do it. Now, is a survey essential on every property? The answer is absolutely. You have to have a survey. That's a non-negotiable item. But the type of survey that you get isn't always the same because, again, it typically ties back to the lender. Now, if the seller is going to carry the paper, the seller may not care if you have a boundary at all because they're very unsophisticated. And they say, well, I've been running this thing, and so it must be fine. But that really doesn't work for you as the buyer. You've got to have some kind of survey. Now, if the seller did a boundary survey in the past, you can often get a copy of that old boundary survey. And then you can go back to that same surveyor and get what's called a survey update. Now, on a survey update, what happens is they go ahead and take that survey and mark any new changes. But they do it at a very low cost because they already have that survey in their system. So assuming there are no changes, it's not very hard to get that update. So that's a good low-cost way to get a new survey. But again, that's probably only going to work with seller financing. If there's a bank involved, they're probably going to want to have an entirely different type of survey, a more enhanced survey, and they may even dictate which survey company you use to get the survey. The bottom line to it is that surveys are very, very important. If you buy property and the survey does not represent exactly the footprint of where that storage facility is, then you've really screwed up because you're only buying that which is shown on the survey. So you have to at all times make sure with 100% precision that you're buying what you think you're buying. You cannot depend on the lender to cover that for you. The lenders are just going to look through the materials, they're going to sign off on it. If there's a problem with that survey, it doesn't go back on the lender, it goes back on you. You're going to lose the property. Now, you know, the lender would also have skin in the game, but then again, if the property is then deficient and is only worth 70% of what you pay, they still come out whole, right? You, you're the one who does not. So it's up to you as the buyer to make completely sure that the survey is correct. It's exactly what you want to buy. And probably the best way to do that is a boundary survey also showing improvements. But again, it's not always your choice on what that survey looks like. The bank is the one who really holds the cards. Now, what do you do if the survey is all screwed up? Can you go ahead and buy the storage facility? And the answer is no, I would not. The only thing you could do if you were looking at a property and it looked really, really good to you, you really liked the deal, but the survey shows that not all of the property is there within that boundary, would be to see if you could at least be the catalyst to try and get it fixed. But you couldn't buy it until you had it done. You can never close on a property where the survey is, is in bad shape. We once looked at a property 
We tried to buy it, tried to get it done, but the survey was so bad that the title company said, we won't warrant title using the survey. The problem was that the whoever drafted the survey years earlier, many years, decades earlier, they had used landmarks which no longer existed. It was very unprofessionally done. So it didn't say things like 35 feet from this point. It would say like 35 feet from the large oak tree. So the large oak tree was gone. And we don't even know which large oak tree they were talking about. It took about a year to fix the survey. Now, the seller really, really wanted to sell. They would say, oh, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a big discount if we can close right now. We said, no, we can't close until we have the corrected survey because we can't get a bank loan until we have the right survey. So in certain cases, you can get the survey repaired enough to buy the property. But you must not exchange your money. You must not sign closing documents until that survey has been fixed. A survey is a really big deal when you're buying real estate. It's one of the most essential pieces that you must have at closing. It's very important that you focus to make sure that you get the right survey. This is Frank Roth, the Self Storage University podcast. Hope you enjoyed this. Talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Self Storage University podcast. Be sure to visit us at ssupodcast.com where you can learn the correct way to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, renegotiate, finance, turn around, and operate self-storage facilities.